can't study God's love all week and not just, whoo, mercy. John chapter 21 in verse 15. Boy, if we only knew. Mercy. If we only knew what we meant to him. Brother Steve said, our vice president at the Bible college said, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. Amen. That's what God feels about you. John 21, in verse number 15. It says, so when they had dined. Now this is, this is we know what happened. Uh, Peter and the disciples uh, decided they was going to go do some more fishing. And, uh, and, and they realized that that wasn't the thing to do because once you're in, it's hard to get out. You might get out, but you ain't going to like it and you're not going to be successful. And you can't go back to what you was because you ain't what you was. You might, you might try to act like it and you might try to sound like it and you might try to look like it, but you, you might as well face it down deep. You ain't the same and you're not going to enjoy it. Well, they, they found out that and, and, and we know that Jesus uh, helped them with their fishing trip. They realized it was the Lord, and now, now Jesus, instead of crucifying them and criticizing them and condemning them, he's got a, 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 a dinner waiting on the shore. Well, they come in off, off of fishing, and they're, they're here eating, and, and Jesus has got a few things he needs to talk over with his main disciple. Uh, we say, well, John's his main disciple. No, that's no. Peter was the one who stood on the day of Pentecost. Peter was the one, the main character, all throughout the book of Acts till Paul stepped up on the scene. And we know that he had some things he needed to deal with with Peter. And the Bible says, uh, Jesus then cometh, verse number, uh, let's, let's see, verse 14. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than thee? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Now, you don't see it in, in the King James English, but if you study the word love here in this phrase, in the terminology, there's two different Greek words that we are seeing. One is agape and one's phileo. One uh, means an, a constant uh, deep, affectionate love, which is the agape. That's the one Jesus is using. But phileo is where we get our word Philadelphia, which means brotherly love. It means a friendship, a kinship type of affection. Jesus is saying, do you love me? Do you agape love me? Do you have a, listen, is your affection for me, do you have a constant, deep affection for me? And Peter says, listen, Lord, you know, you know you're my friend. You know, and he uses the Philadelphia or the phileo love word. Well, Jesus, the third time, uses the same word Peter used. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou, or phileo, just a friend? Just a friend? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? He used the same word that Peter used. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. He said that right. He knows whether we do or not. We can say all we want to say. But the Lord knows. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, say it with me. Verily, verily, look out now. He 
Anytime Jesus goes to using them two words together, he's fixing to say something real important. You remember, verily, verily, I say unto you, you must be born again. Here we see this word, verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, walkest whither thou wouldest, but when thou art old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hands, and another shall gird thee. Talking about his death. And carry thee whether thou wouldest. He was going to be caught in captivity. He would be crucified upside down, tradition says. Because he felt like he was not worthy to be uh, crucified in the manner of his Lord. Jesus is saying, you're headed for some difficulty. You're headed for some hard times. Jesus, help us today. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'll bless your word. Lord, I pray that you'll anoint every person in this room. I pray that you'll touch every ear that they can comprehend and understand your word. In Jesus' holy, precious, lovely name I pray. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. Do you remember? Do you remember when you was growing up, maybe in grade school or uh, maybe even high school? I don't know. Uh, possibly not high school, but in grade school, elementary school, when that little, that, that, that little, that little boy or that little girl sent you that note, and said, I love you. Do you love me? Check. Now, do you remember how your heart just fluttered unless they was ugly? Do you remember how you felt when you, you realized that somebody else thought you was a hottie? Say amen. Do you remember? Come on now, don't look at me that way. It ain't been that long for some of y'all. Come on. You remember how you felt when, when, when you realized somebody else thought something of you? It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, the other day, and, and it never changes neither. It, I don't care how old you get. I don't care how old you get. It does not change. Me and Tammy was at the red light the other day right down the road, and, 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 and there was some, there was some uh, uh, young ladies in the car turning, coming off of 65 and turn, and, and I was sitting there, and Tammy was sitting there, and they just was staring and smiling and giggling and everything else, and Tammy was growling, and I was grinning. <laughs> she didn't like it, but it was kind of flattering to me. Amen. Now, y'all can... Y'all can say what you want. You can look however you want at me if you want to. But if somebody thinks something of you, it makes you feel good. And we see a question that's being asked here in this statement. And I, I, I went back looking. I went back looking. And there was another question that was asked of Peter. In, 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 the, in the gospel there, we know that, that at, at a point in time, uh, Jesus looked at his disciples and said, Who do men say that I am? They said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some say thou art Elias or one of the prophets. But then he looked at them specifically and said, but who do you say that I am? It's one thing for what they say, but what do you say? Who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is standing up and affirming his belief, his assurance of who the Lord was. And I believe that had to do with salvation. I believe when it comes to salvation, the question that God wants to ask you is, do you know him? Do you know who he is? Listen, it doesn't matter how much you do. It doesn't matter how much you attend. It doesn't matter how much you give. You're not going to get in unless you know him. 
And when it comes to salvation, the question is this, do you know Him? Do you know Him? And he's asking Peter here, who do you say that I am? Do you know who I am? Do you affirm who I am? Then we come to the second question, which is an even, even as, as, as important question as the first one. Listen, he says, lovest thou me? Lovest thou me? For salvation, he says, do you know me? But when it comes to service, because see, Peter is fixing to step on the scene in a major way. In just a few chapters, Peter is going to step on the scene at the day of Pentecost. He is going to step on the scene and preach, and thousands of people get saved. He is going to be so instrumental in the beginning of the early church. He is going to be, an, uh, listen, an incredible missionary to share the Word of God and go and open the key of salvation to the Jews and the Samaritans and then the Gentiles. He has a critical part, but before he starts, Jesus had to know something. He said, you're fixing to go through some difficulty. You're fixing to, and he tells about how he's going to die. And listen, you're not going to do that and follow through unless you love me. Listen, church, I'm not asking this morning, do you know him? Because most of you do. There's enough shouting and praising a while ago. I know you know him. There's some in here that's lost, and you need to get saved. And in just a moment, Brother Mickle and some others will be standing up here and they can take a Bible and introduce you to it. And then you can know it. But the majority of folks in here are saved. Now the question Jesus wants to ask you, He's not asking do you know Him because you know Him. What He needs to know, do you love Him? Do you love Him? We've been in a, we've been in a reconstruction zone. We've been in redoing and reorganizing and changing things around. We've been, we've, been, we've been changing our factory. This is a factory. This is a disciple factory. How many of y'all know that? Say amen. This is a disciple factory. Uh, we, are, we are here to put out disciples. We are here to produce disciples. Listen, they come in as lost sinners, but they leave loving, serving disciples. And, and we had a few things that we needed to fix and change and rearrange in this place to, so we could be uh, successful at that because we realized we wasn't being successful like we need to be successful in that area. So we changed some uh, uh, programs around to fit the process. We knew the product was disciples, but the process wasn't producing disciples, so we changed some things. We know a disciple is one that loves God, loves others, and serves both. Three steps, three things, three purposes. So we have tried to make three things that we would like you to be involved in. Three things required to be what God wants you to be. Listen, loving God in the worship service. We have one main worship service. We have one main big worship service, and that's where you're at right now. That's why we want you to love God. We want you to sing. We want you to listen to worship. We want you to sing the choruses and sing. Don't just come in and sit. Don't just come in and, and just watch what everybody else is doing. Don't just come in here and say, well, this is my church. No, you're supposed to come in and love God. And then we have our small groups. Our small groups are designed to help you love one another. It's to help you connect with one another. You can't do that with 40 people. You can't do that with 30 people. You can't have a close, intimate relationship with another Christian to help you develop love for one another. You can't do that in a big group. That's why we designed the small groups. We want you to be in our worship service. We want you to be in a small group atmosphere. 
Listen, we have sign-ups on the back back there, by the way. If, you, if you're not in one, you can get in one. I've had some great praises and testimonies sent back to me of those that have met already and are having a big time. Then, our service team. Different areas of service. You can serve in a small group. You can serve in the choir. You can serve in our, our children's program that happens on Sunday evening. Listen, there's various other ways, and we haven't even got to that yet. We're going to be working on that, but we haven't even got to that. We're still on one and two. And I, I, was, I, was, I was praying this week, and I shared a little bit of this with our, our Wednesday night Bible study on Wednesday night down in the little building. Uh, I, I've been praying and seeing, you know, sometimes you take it for granted that everybody wants to be a disciple. You take it for granted that everybody else wants what God wants for them, but that's not necessarily so. Some people just want to skate by. Some people just want to coast by. They want to come in and kind of ease their conscience a little bit. But don't, don't force the issue too much. I, don't, I really don't want to be too committed to this thing. And, and the question we need to ask ourselves, the question we need to ask ourselves, and I was asking, Lord, why is this so difficult? Why is it hard to get people uh, to want what you want for them? He said, the main question is this. It's not priorities. Last week we were dealing with priorities, setting him first, making him a priority. And boy, our, especially our younger generation has got real issues with priorities. Most of them have all the wrong priorities. It's all about fun. It's all about entertainment. It's all about what's good for me. It's all about what I like instead of work. Some person that I knew quit a job. I said, what'd you quit for? Well, I just didn't like it. I don't like a lot of things. But I like to eat. But what happened? A priority was out of order. Now, what is a priority? A priority is something that's important. Well, what makes it important? See, we're talking about putting God first. A disciple is one who puts God first. A disciple is one who makes Him a priority. But what's going to make Him a priority? If we... Oh, man, it's so quiet in here, we can have devotion. Peter, do you? God told me this week, said, son, this is the problem. It's not whether they have a day planner to set their priorities. It's the motivation for the priority. And before he even sent Peter out to get on the scene, the international scene, to do what he called him to do, to serve him, he said, Peter, Peter, what's the question? Say it with me. Do you love me? Now, before you answer that question, I've got just a few things to preach. Before you check the yes box or the no box, before you, before you check a box, you need to know what it means. I, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I've seen people stand up and testify. I, I just want to say first that I love the Lord and shacking up with somebody. Now, there's a lie somewhere. Because the Bible said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'm pretty sure that the Bible says something about that. And they say, I want to say first of all that I love the Lord and got bitterness in their heart against their neighbor. And God said, oh, let us love one another. For love is of God, and he that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. So before we stand up and say, hey, I love him. Do we? Really, do we? God said, God said, 
He said, love the Lord thy God. He, they asked him what was the greatest commandment. What was the number one? What, if, well, if we was going to get anything, if we was going to do anything, if there was one thing that we need to get down and make sure of, what's the number one commandment? What's the first commandment? He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. Love Him. All throughout the Old Testament you find God saying, love me, love me. God made you to love Him. Love me. Number one commandment. God wants you to love Him. But you know what? He understood our nature. He understood our nature. So before He commanded you to love Him, He wanted you to know how much He loved you. The Bible says, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, don't turn there, I'm going to read it, you can turn there later. 1 John chapter 4 verse 9, we love Him. We love Him. Now watch this. The second part of that is, because He first loved us. Say it with me. Are y'all with me? Now, what do we need to know today? Two things. Two things. I want to share with you and, and, and just hold your pencil. Don't check the box yet. Don't check the box yet. Don't, don't, don't check yes or no. Because some of you might be wanting to check no, but just, just wait on that. Let's, let's, let's change the question around. Let's change just for the sake of, just for the sake of, just for the sake of. Let's change it around. Instead of, instead of, do you love him or lovest thou me? Let's, let's put the question, should I love him? Okay, what's the question? Say it again. Okay. That's a good question. Let's see if we can answer that today. Should I love him? Should I have an ultimate affection for him? Should I Agape love him. Not be a friend, but an intimate, close, I'm talking about a sure enough affection for him. Should I do that? Why should I do that? Why should I love him? Well, he gives two reasons here in the Scripture. Why should I love him? Number one. Number one, I want you to see this. If you're taking notes, write this down. I want you to see this. Love determined. Love determined. What's this mean? God, we're talking about God's love. Now let's say this. Let's say this. It says, I love him because. Because. Because means there's a reason for the first statement, correct? I wasn't good in English, but I knew that much. Amen? In other words, this happened because this happened. In other words, because of this, this took place. I love him because this took place. What took place? I love him because he first loved me. So what does that verse tell us? Two things. That verse tells us two things. God's love, God's love is love in action. Say that with me. God's love is, in other words, that means it takes initiative. He takes the first step. He moves forward. He does it. He is showing love in action. But mine... There's a reason. 
See, my statement came before the because. His came after the because. So he took the action, and what I did is a reaction to his action. I need a witness. In other words, God's love is love in... But our love for him is love in what? Oh, y'all catching it now. His love is love in action. He is taking the first step. He is taking the first move. He is initiating that affection. He is initiating that feeling. He is initiating that love. And I am just reacting to what He has already done. Say amen. I feel my help coming. Amen. I am reacting to what He's already done. In other words, I'm going to love Him because he, I know that He loved me. And my love for Him will be determined by how much and how much I understand how he much He loves me. Say amen. Now, let's talk about His love. We know what ours is determined by, don't we? Ours is determined by how much we know His love for us. Our love is determined by... What he has done for us, ours is reactionary. Why is he love? Listen, love determined. A. Write this down. Love, his love for us is determined by his character. God's love for us is determined by his character. Brother Kenneth, have you ever heard or said the statement? I've said it before, and I've heard people say, Boy, what did God see in me? What did, what did God ever see in us to make, it, make Him want to love us? You know, we think about Paul who murdered Christians. There wasn't nothing in him to see. We think about old John Newton. I mean, a mean, I, I'm, I'm talking about just mean as a devil, hated people, hated God, hated everybody, raising Cain, cussing, and I mean, having fits, and, and God loved him. What did God ever see in John Newton? And before you, before you say, hey man, about them, what did God ever see in you? I waited patiently on the Lord, and He inclined unto me, and He heard my cry, and brought me up out of a horrible pit. I wasn't no good. I wasn't in good shape. I wasn't nobody. All I could do was sit and cry, and He came to where I was. What did He see in me? I'll tell you, nothing, nothing, not one blessed thing. The Bible said, for there is none righteous, no, not one. The goodness that we have, the best that we have, is as filthy rags in God's eyes. There is none that seeketh after the Lord. There is none righteous, no, not one. It's not because of something you did. It's not because of something He's seen in you. It doesn't have anything to do with you. God loves you because that's just who He is. God is love. He was just operating in Himself. He was just doing what was coming natural to Him. He was just doing what He was. He was operating in Himself. We have a reactionary. It doesn't come natural for us to love. It doesn't come natural for us to sacrifice. It doesn't come natural for us to give. But it does to Him. How you know when little people, little people just do what comes natural. When we get older, we learn to hide that so other people can't see it, but we still act that way. 
You take that binky away from that baby. Mine! My sippy cup! My binky! That's my ball! Mine! 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 You, you don't, they just doing what comes natural. But when we get older, we, we do the same thing, but we just hide it. I can't share that. I'm not allowed to do that. You know. That's what comes natural to humans, but not God. What comes natural to Him is just love. God is love. You don't have to do anything for it. You don't have to do anything to earn it. He's just love. Let me show you. Say amen. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. For God is, verse 16, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. Say it with me. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. And God in him. Ephesians 2, 4. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. What determines God's love for you? Just who He is. Just who He is. When couples get married and and they finally get to the point they realize that the other person is just who they are and they accept them, they usually have a happy marriage after that. But until then, they keep trying to change the other person. But when they just realize that's just who they are. I've had other people say, Tammy, why do you put up with Malcolm? Hey, that's just who he is. And you know what? That's just who God is. Why did God love me? It's just who he is. Why did God look down at Zacchaeus in that tree? Oh, sorry, stealing tax collector. Why did he look? That's just who he is. Why would God look down? Why would God look down on a man by the name of Paul who was killing Christians, who was wreaking havoc on the church? I mean, he was doing everything he could to destroy what God was. Why would he look down on him? Forget. That's just who he is. Why would God forgive Adam and not destroy him off the face of this earth? He loved him and said, "Instead of you dying, I'm going to die for you." That's that's just who he is. God's, oh, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. You know them little nuggets that you get when you say, ooh, I didn't see that. His love for us. Now, don't hold, you, hold your check now. Don't check nothing yet. We're trying to determine why we should love him, why we should make him a priority, why we should put him first in our life. We, we see because he loves us, well, what, what, what about that love? It's, it's determined by God's character. It's just who He is. But then B, His love for us is determined by His choice. Say that with me. His choice. The Bible says, Husbands are to love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now, let me say this. I just... Don't have that feeling anymore. So what? That comes and goes. It does. Tammy, do you always feel ooey gooey toward me? 
I figured she'd stand and say, Hey, man! But do you love me? We don't always, and young people, you need to get this. Old people don't all, they're not, they're not just always in love. It ain't that way. Miss Edna, is Miss Edna here? Miss Edna here. Miss Edna, do you remember when we was at that couple's house right down the road from y'all's house, and they'd been married for like 150 years? You remember that? And we, we, and I said, I said, what's the secret? You remember? You remember that? He looked at me like I was an idiot. He said, there ain't no secret. We married to stay married. Very good, brother. Amen. You know what he was saying? It's not about feelings. We made a choice. I choose her, and she chose me. Jesus made a choice. It wasn't what the church did. It wasn't what the church was going to be because the church has made a mess for centuries. But he chose to love them. Choice. Watch this. This is the cool part. It says, we love him because. Now watch this. Watch this. Say this part with me. Uh, Because he. All right, stop. Say that word again. First. First, I looked up these words in this sentence. Great point. Did you did you put that definition down? Did you did you get that? Protos. Okay. All right. See me in my office right after church. Amen. Protos. Protos. The word first, the Greek word means P R O T O S. Protos. It means foremost in time, place, order. Or important. And I looked at that. And I mean, I mean, it was like immediately, immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Son, don't you understand? God made you a priority. And I looked. I looked. And my dad always told me when I was little, he said, Son, I won't ever send you up a ladder I won't climb. I won't ask of you something I haven't already done or I won't do for you. And immediately, immediately, the Holy Spirit said, Look, God is not asking nothing from you that He hadn't already done. When it comes to life, God made you a priority. Listen, man sinned in the garden, and the wages of sin God had already told him was death. In the day that you eat of this fruit, ye shall surely die. And God's righteousness demanded justice and judgment of sin but instead of obliterating Adam he loved him way too much and made him a priority and said son I'll take your payment he made you a priority before he ever asked you to make him a priority he's made you a priority he loves you above everything else he loves you above his creation he loves you all these whale saving people want to kill babies I got a problem with that that's backwards to God's economy God loves you for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life God made you a priority God chose you God picked you. God loves you. Amen.
this little boy come home all tore out in frames. Kids at school found out he was adopted. Found out he was adopted. And he was, boy, he was tore up. He was squalling. Dad said, son, what's wrong? He said, all the kids, they know I'm adopted. And they're making fun of me. I, I'm, I, I'm adopted. And all of them have real daddies and mamas. He said, son, sit down a minute. Let me explain something to you. Him and his little boy went and sat in the living room. He said, son, me and your mama went down to the orphanage. And they was red-haired kids and black-haired kids and brown-haired kids and blonde-haired kids. And they was tall kids and small kids. And they was dark-skinned kids and light-skinned kids. There's all kinds in that orphanage. But we went and found you. Out of all them ones, we picked you. He said, see, when, when their mom and dad went to the hospital, they had to take home what they got. Whether they wanted them or not. Do you realize God had a choice? The moment that Adam took that fruit, God had every right to destroy it. <laughs> well, I don't think you're getting it. But he chose. Instead of Adam taking the punishment, he said, I love you too much. I'll just take it. I'll just become what you are. Take what you got coming to you. He chose you. He picked you. Church, say amen. Love, God's love for us, is determined by His character, is determined by His choice. Let me just give you this one. We got to hurry because the fine team's going to be ministering this afternoon. Number two, love, what was number one? We see. Come on, everybody, say it with me. We see. Then number two, Love demonstrates. I read this sentence. I read this sentence when I was studying this week. And boy, it made a whole lot of sense. It made a whole lot of sense. Did you get that sentence underneath there? All right. It says, love is only known. Y'all with me? Love is only known by the action it prompts. Does that make sense? Love is only known by the action it prompts. In other words, have you ever heard the phrase uh, talks cheap? The Bible says we're not to love in word but in deed, which means action. What does that mean? It means this. Your spouse or your family, they don't need to hear that. Well, they do need to hear it, but that's not all. They need to see it. Now, God never just said it. God never just said it. Watch what the Bible says. 1 John 4, 9. 
in this was manifested. The word manifest means uncovered, unveiled, brought to light. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. How? Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world. We might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. And sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth. The word commendeth means to put on display. To put on display. God commendeth His love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 8, 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all these things? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave. Every instance. Did you catch something? There was something that kept reoccurring. Every instance where God said, I showed you my love. How did He show you my love? By giving His Son. What does that mean? He showed you His love for you by giving the very best that He had. Listen. Love is demonstrated by the man that He sent. He sent His Son. He spared not His Son. In other words, what God is saying, He said, I didn't hold anything back. I gave the very best that I had. I gave my only begotten Son in whom I was well pleased. I could see him as a proud father. Listen, when Jesus was being baptized, at, listen, at, the, at that age of 30, he came forth and he began his ministry. And as a proud father, he was there and seen that his son was obedient to him, seen that his son was doing his, uh, his father's will, and he was there, proud as a peacock. He said, this is my beloved son whom I am well pleased. And then he gave him up. Why? Because he loves you. He said, I love you this much. God never just said it. He showed it. Love can only be known. Love can only be known by the action it prompts. How do you know God loves you? Because of what he did for you. Where's that? What's that? Where are you going with this? How does God know you love him? How does God know I love Him? That's why He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Love is only known. Known. One of the greatest books, if, you, if, you're, if your marriage is in trouble, or if your marriage is struggling, or if you could use a little help, you need to go buy the book, The Five Love Languages. One of the greatest marriage books that have ever been written. Five Love Languages. The problem in most marriages is one speaking Russian and one speaking Chinese. In the love relationship. What are you talking about? In this book it explains. It explains that some people grow up a certain way. And then they get married to somebody who grew up a, a totally different way. For instance, one person grows up and the way they saw love or understood love is by what they did for each other. They watch their parents uh, serve one another or, or make, make this or do this or uh, listen, do deeds of affection. Doing things for their spouse. So in them, that connected with them, that that's how you show love. That's how you uh, communicate love is by doing things. Well, then the other person grows up, 
And they learn, uh, listen, love by what they say. There's always words of affection. Honey and sweetheart and honey doodle and, and I love you and you're beautiful and, and you're, you're the best thing I've ever seen this morning. And that, you're the only thing I've seen this morning. Say amen. And those, those words of affirmation, they hear that growing up. And listen, that's what they associate love with. That's how they know love is by what they hear. And here this person's doing deeds and this person's over here saying things and they don't know why they can't get along. Until they learned that the other one grew up different. It's not that the other one's crazy. It's not that the other one's mean. It's except they're trying to show you love by their way. The other person's trying to show you their love by... And you've got to figure out what the other one's language is. I'm preaching now. Bless God, we'll preach on home improvement this morning. What's that mean? It means that love is only known by the action it now, if you don't love your spouse, you're not going to try to find out what that is. <laughs> Why don't we just park in the garage this morning? If we don't love them, we're not going to care. Boy, when we love them, even if we don't know it, we're going to find it. Why? Because love is only known. And what was, what was, what was, what was Jesus asking Peter? Do you love me? He needed to know. Question. God demonstrated. God showed. He, he, there was action to what He said. He showed He loved us by the man He sent. He showed us He loved us by the mercy He showed. I could go on and on. Zacchaeus in the tree. The woman caught in the midst of adultery. Listen. Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Time after time after time after time after time, God showed how much He loved you. Brother Donnie, do you got enough paper in there to write down how many times God showed you He loved you? Brother Mickle, you got enough paper in your Bible over there to write down how much God has showed He loved you? Not even close. I love the song. There's a great song that says, How many times must I show how much I love you? How many times have I showed up when the bills come due? How many times are y'all with me? Listen, the mercy he showed, but then the ministry he supplied. <laughs> the Bible says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send a comforter. I will say, I'm not going to leave you alone. I, I'm going to come to you. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2 that we have an advocate with the Father. That's right. It's Jesus Christ the righteous. We have a high priest who, who is touched with the feeling of our infirmity. Why do you think Jesus wept when Lazarus died? Because he is letting all them people know, I feel what you feel. <laughs> the woman caught in the midst of adultery is love and forgiveness. He says, Son, woman, where are thine accusers? Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. That's love and forgiveness. When he wept with Lazarus, that's love and feeling. I want you to know he feels what you feel. Then he washed the disciples' feet. That's love and faithfulness. He showed it. He didn't just say it. 
church, what are you saying? I'm closing with this. We've got, a, we've got a love note that God has sent to us. I, the Lord, dear Christian, I love you. And then right underneath it, it's got a question. Do you love me? Check yes or no. Preacher, what's going to determine whether I sacrifice or I deny myself or, or I put him a priority? It's all going to be determined by whether we love him. Well, preacher, how can I love him more? Simply by recognizing how much he loves you. Now, I want to ask you a question. He first loved you. First. Protos. P-R-O-T-O-S. He made you priority. If he hadn't made you a priority, you'd be in hell. If he hadn't made you a priority, you wouldn't be here today. I want to ask you a question, and I want you to deal with God on this. This is just between you and God. Which box are you going to check this morning? Because if you check the yes box, that might mean that some things are going to have to change in your life. If you check the yes box, that might mean that things are going to be a little different. That, that those three things... That he's asking of you, worship service, small groups, service team. Those three areas of your life that God wants you to make a priority. He wants you to make a priority of the worship service. Not just to come and sit, not just to come and spectate, not just to come and watch what everybody else does. But you come and sing with all your heart. You come and praise with all your heart. You come and, work. You come and raise your hand. Ain't nothing wrong with raising your hand. Ain't nothing wrong with clapping your hands. There ain't nothing wrong with lifting up your hands and saying amen, saying glory. Listen, you say, oh, I'm going to do that under my breath. No, no, people need to see it. Listen, come and worship him because he loved you. Preacher, I really need to make that a priority. Well, you answer the question. What about them small groups? I don't even like them things. Well, see. When you make him a priority, then you're going to find out them Christians around you are going to be a priority. Because it says if God so loved you, you should love one another. And, and let me say this. This is what God's anointed for the hour. This is what God has put here. This is what God has established. This is the way God is leading question is, do you love him enough to put feelings and preferences aside to make him a priority? And then there's going to come time we're going to ask for service, to get involved, to help with the youth program, to help with various other things, the in-care group. Listen, caring for people inside the 
auditorium. We're going to ask you to come and step out. The care team, as far as first-time attenders. But you're going to have to answer the question first. Because we'll never do one of them three until we get fixed in our heart. God, I love you with all my heart. Because until we love Him, something is going to be first. Something is going to be first. If we don't own purpose, Tim, I was watching the Gator game yesterday. I loved it. I really enjoyed it, Kendrick. Amen. Tennessee fans. Charlotte, did you get to watch any of the games? Did you like it too? Rock on, brother. Gator fans. Right there. Amen. And I didn't get to see it, but while I was trying to talk to Jesus, uh, Johnny kept texting me to score the Alabama game. I mean, I'd just about get something and the thing go off. And, you know, we love them things, don't we? And we've we, we got to be careful how we use that word. I mean, I'll just leave you alone, Brother Mickle. But do you see how people can put things first? Man, I love hobbies. I love to play golf. I love to do things. And we can get so caught up with things that he no longer is first place. Where are you going to put him? You've got the love note. You answer the question. He's saying, Lovest thou me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much.